Coming to you from Studio 507, you are now listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for all things NHL. Join the crew as they cover the biggest highlights and stories from around the league. Now, it's time to drop the puck with your host, Evan Johnson. We are live from Studio 507. This is Fanville 76. I'm your host, Evan Johnson. I'm joined by Drew Dolke. The one the, and only. The one and only. He's here 100% of the time. We can't get rid of him. He's like a parasite. What can a I fungus, say? I never miss anything. I never miss. You like Steph Curry? I, I want to go as far as Steph Curry. You know what's crazy? And I know we don't talk about basketball a lot. You know what's crazy? You know, like when we were in middle school and stuff like that, you'd throw the piece of paper up in the trash can. You're Everyone. yelling. What are you yelling? Kobe. Easy. Kobe. Kids nowadays. Curry. Curry. It sounds wrong. Who the hell is that guy? It just sounds wrong. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't roll off the. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Not a saying. I. I. You know. I stand behind. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs are now done. We are down to the final four, as they say in March Madness. You want to know something crazy, Evan? What? All the jerseys we have on our uh, our. Uh like cover picture mm-hmm. is almost the exact same four teams that made it to the conference finals. Yeah, you're the only person that didn't guess that. Me, little old you. Yeah, and I mean credit to Seattle, they took it to Game Seven, and we'll get into. They that were one later. goal away. Anyway, yeah. but yes, going off of our cover photo, we have Dakota with the Vegas Golden Knights. R.I.P. Dakota. He's, He's not, not dead. dead. We just don't know <laughs> where he is. Uh, Trevor with the Carolina Hurricanes throwback with the Hartford Whalers, so still Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was correct. Uh, myself with the Florida Panthers, they're playing each other, so yeah. correct. And Drew with the Dallas, just kidding, Seattle Kraken. He was so close. I was right there, man. I thought, man, I thought if Seattle beat uh, Dallas, that they were going all the way. Yeah, I think they would have went all the way to our title page, being a hundred percent perfect. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool, though. That would to be honest neat. with you, that would like imagine if cool. we predicted that. That'd yeah. be crazy. So what we do every year is we change jerseys, just to have fun, basically. You know, mm-hmm. some a little new, up. some a little exciting. Yeah, like just to, to kind of show off some of the jerseys that we like throughout the league, either past, present. This year mm-hmm. we went with a lot of present. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of current. <laughs> but like last year we had like a, last year you had a pretty good mix. Yeah, we had like the like a '90s Blues jersey. We had like an old, old Montreal Canadiens jersey with all the vertical stripe or horizontal stripes. And then I wore the the green Coyote. The green Coyote one looked pretty good. The head. And but anyway, jumping into the second round uh, in the Atlantic Division, number two Toronto faced off against the wild card number two Florida. Where we last left off, Florida had a 2-0 series lead, and it did not get any better. They did not let off the gas. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Game three, Florida also won in a in overtime by a goal from Sam Reinhart. Three to two was the final score. What a beautiful five hole goal that mm-hmm. was! Oh my gosh! So that one was uh, Samsonov got hurt, mm-hmm. and then Joseph Wool had to come in. Now Joseph Wool, good goalie, he but he's he been did sitting. Work. Yeah, but he's been sitting for a while. So, like, you know, to see an overtime goal go in for Florida kind of wasn't that shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was shocking, though, was a 3-0 series lead. Yeah, I I don't think yeah. anyone predicted that. If he did, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. On the brink of elimination in Game 4, Toronto squeezed out a win 2-1. to 
very close, tight checking series. To be honest, like all the games were one goal except for the first one. Which yeah, was which a, was uh, what had an empty netter. It was a yeah, it was a two goal game, but it's like all of them were very close, and mm-hmm. all of them either team could have won. It mm-hmm. just so happened that Florida won. Florida had those dogs, and yeah, they just won more of them. Uh, game five was the closing game of this series. Florida won three to two in overtime by Nick Cousins. So Florida wins this series four to one. Like I said, very tight series, like goal wise. It just seemed like Toronto could not figure out Bobrovsky. Yeah, that kind of was it. Like, like, okay. So here's the thing, and you know, a lot of people, Steve Dangle has gone over Toronto, like to hell and back at this point of what has to happen with that team. But when you have your top four guys that you're paying millions of dollars to, and they're not showing up in playoffs, something's got to change. And I don't really know what the next step for Toronto is. We'll get into some Toronto news a bit later down the line, but I really don't know where to take this team or what to do with them. I'm disappointed. I thought for sure they'd at least force a game six, but Congrats to the uh, Panthers for pushing all the way through the conference final. Yeah, looking at uh, like their breakdown from like goal scores and stuff like that, the one thing you need in playoffs and what really puts your team above the rest is depth scoring. And Toronto had none of it. No, 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 no. That's all oh, they had. Yeah, was depth scoring. Like there was one game where it what was, didn't Kerfoot get like two goals in one game or something like that? There was one game where Sam Lafferty scored and Eric Gustafson, so a defenseman and like a third fourth liner. Mm-hmm. You know who didn't score that game? None of the big guys. Yeah, no Matthews. And you no lost Marner, by one goal. No Tavares. Yeah, it's like they just seen like I don't know. Marner has been know. a decent playoff player, but I think what. He just stays off the score sheet, though, yeah. which is the weird thing. Like, he's he's noticeable on the ice, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't know if it's just who he's working with, if it's just, you know, teams are just, like, so locked in on how to deal with guys like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews to where they, admittedly, are a little bit more soft than some of the other stars, mm-hmm. uh, namely Matthew Kachuk. Is the big one that comes to everybody's mind right now? Well, yeah, they reverse each other. You can even see it on the same yeah sheet like, of ice. Like you, you got to be able to find a way to create time and space for you to either get a shot or get a good pass. And it seemed like Florida did everything right to shut that down. It seemed like Florida played like a team, and and it seemed Toronto, like Toronto was trying to do the one. It's it's the same thing, thing you see going back to basketball. Same thing you see where one team tries to create this superstar team full of all mm-hmm. these fantastic individual players. Never works. And they never win. Yeah. They never everyone win the wants whole the ball. thing. Everyone yeah. wants the ball. You have to have someone who doesn't mm-hmm. want the, like a passer. Yeah. You, you know? need someone who's going to move that puck fast and you can't just rely on your points because as soon as you start over relying on the points, the other team's going to pick up on it and then they're covered. Now, looking back on Toronto, the trade deadline, I thought, was really good for them. I thought they picked up pieces that they needed. It changed the whole dynamic of the team. Yeah, I think Achari and uh, O'Reilly going to Toronto, I think, actually really helped them. It Mm -hmm. helped push them past the first round. Yeah. Which was, like, the benchmark goal for them. Yeah. Well, that was their first hurdle. No other team really had that Mm -hmm. hurdle in the first round, if we're being honest, other than Minnesota. They didn't do it. (laughs) I want Minnesota to be better. I do. But 
They need more depth scoring. That they was need, their problem, need, too. They need something else. But, you know, just, like, looking back at, you know, the stuff that Toronto did this series, it's it seems like once they beat Tampa Bay, they felt like... Oh, we did what we needed to do. That's all we needed to do. Now we just had to face Boston. I think they had in their head they're facing Boston, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's Florida, and they just were not prepared Which, for Florida. by the way, I am still... Laughing, crying over at the Toronto fans chanting, "We won Florida." Yeah, we. The second I saw that, I was like, Florida's "No, you gonna don't. Win. Yeah, you don't. Like, want Florida's Florida. going to win." No. Any time people do stupid stuff like that, I'm like, "Well, just how it normally goes is you're not. You're going to get your shit rocked." Yeah. So, I mean, all of our predictions, I'm pretty sure. Well, we already knew the series was already two nothing. Mm-hmm. I think most of us did pick Florida, but. If we did our show earlier, we probably would have picked Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it was just a major collapse. Like, to be honest with you, they had an easy route to the finals. And they just... Because Boston got knocked out. They knocked out Tampa. No more Colorado. You know, like... like that, No that more is, New York Rangers. That yeah. is the yeah. clearest path you could possibly have yeah. made. It's like all the cup favorites minus Vegas... Are out. We're out. And you it's know. just, it's... You had an easy route to the finals. This is why I love playoff hockey so much. Because everything is like, all right, regular season, scrap all that. That doesn't mean jack. Go play seven games, whoever wins four of them. And you just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. You know what I think is crazy about playoff hockey? I was thinking about this last night. So, in the season, you know, you play like every like two nights or so. And it's a different team, different town, mm-hmm. you know, depending. Different time zone. Yeah, this you play at most a seven game season or series at the least you play four, mm-hmm. and it's against the same team every time. Yeah, but like when I don't, I don't know how to explain this. So like last in the season, you're kind of like for example, Florida, mm-hmm. like was beatable. Like they barely made it in, no. and then all of a sudden they play the same team for like five games in a row, and they're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna play amazing. It's yeah. like why don't you play like that? The whole fucking year. Well, President's Trophy curse. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's just kind of weird how like teams are like that. So anyway, turning point of this series. Game three, obviously. Yeah. Game like, three. Like I think everybody knew as soon as uh, Cousins scored that goal in game three. that Reinhardt. Or sorry. Cousin, Reinhardt. Had, cousin was five. My bad. No, you're good. Uh, ever since Reinhardt scored that like clinching goal to give them a 3-0 lead. Everybody knew that Florida was going to win. It was just a question of if it was four or five games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. game three was for sure the turning point, mainly because it made the series almost unreachable. Yeah. Like, there's only been four NHL teams. Like you got a reverse sweep at that yeah, point. Yeah, there's only and four teams that have ever reverse swept a team, and it's just not... It's extremely difficult. You know, the last time was like 2013 or something like that, so it was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just... it's. I mean, talk about an uphill battle, especially for a team like Toronto, who does not have very good records in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Especially in elimination games. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a weird... I mean, like I said, this this the scores of the game were close. The play on the ice was close, except mm-hmm. Toronto normally dominated the shots. The only person they could not beat for the whole entire series, just like Boston couldn't beat for the last couple games in their series was Bobrovsky. That's why he's my series MVP for Florida. 
Oh, without a doubt, he has to be the Florida MVP. He literally stole games. He literally he, stole two games. St- I think he stole the whole round, to be honest with you. Yeah. But my Toronto MVP, we talked about the big boys on their team not stepping up. We talked about some of their depth scoring uh, actually being there, but their actual team, the people that are mm-hmm. you know, the most of your salary weren't there. Uh, this team kind of seemed... I don't know, like a like a piece of driftwood, like just going down the river. It's kind of yeah. going with the flow. Like you, you advanced and you're you're moving forward, but you're not doing anything. Uh, I know he only played like two games. Is it or Wall? three games? Yeah, I'm gonna take Wall because in game I was four, take yeah, two. in game four he was like the best player, and it got him a win. That's I mean, I mean he he single handedly just saved Toronto's legacy for this playoff in that one game by giving them that one win. Because otherwise, everyone would have been like, oh, yeah, what's the point of making it past the first round if you just get swept anyway? Mm-hmm. So I think I think, I think think we'll literally save them from a lot more embarrassment than they already have. Yeah. But, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, we've been talking a lot about Toronto, haven't really given props to Florida of how they flipped the switch. They were one game away from not even making it in the playoffs. Now they're in the third round. You know, this is a team that has superstars on it. They have Barkov. They have Kachuk. They have, you know, like Sam Reinhart. They have these bigger names, not superstars. And you're forgetting Connor Verhage or uh-huh. Carter Verhage. But that's what I'm saying. Those guys step up. Like, Nick Cousins Steps scored up. a goal. Like, Carter Verhage scores, seems like, every fucking game. Anthony Duclair puts in good efforts. You know, He like, gets chances. That's what Duclair gets. Who he knew gets about Brendan Montour when he was on Buffalo? Like, no I one. did. No one. Just because I watched the league. But did I know he was going to be, you know... This absolute stud of a defenseman? Kale McCarr Jr.? No, I didn't. But it's like, you but know... here he is. These guys have all stepped up. up. You know, he had like 73 points this year. Yeah. As a defenseman, which I know isn't crazy compared to like Eric Carlson, Carlson who had like 30 more or 27 more. But it's like, you know, just like the jumps... 70 play. points is a lot of points for a defenseman. Yeah, just a lot of like jumps and moving forward... Uh, in progression for their players. And, you know, it shows. And like I said, they were, they were one game away from not even making it into the playoffs. And now they're in the third round, all off of grit, determination, and playing as a team. There's no really selfish players that are out there. And they all just kind of seem to just kind of go with the flow. And we'll get to them. We'll get to that mm-hmm. a little bit later when we start talking about the third round. But uh, to finish the second round on the east side is the Metro, number one Carolina versus the number two New Jersey Devils. Carolina jumps off to a early 2 nothing series start, as we talked about last week, or two weeks ago, actually, because we had Mother's Day. That's right. Yeah, no, Mother's, or no episode last week because of Mother's Day. That's why we're so far behind. Game three, absolute ass-beating by the New Jersey Devils. I was like, okay, And then after that, it went downhill. I thought <laughs> yeah. we had a series there for a yeah. minute. But we and did. Then- for a minute. Yeah. Game four went to Carolina six to one. Game five, Carolina three to two in overtime. And the goal was scored by Faust. So Faust. I mean, this series one game was close. Yeah. <laughs> and it was literally blowout after blowout after blowout after blowout. And the last one, not surprising, was a close game because one team's about to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not much to say 
in regards to the games, which brings me to the turning point, which isn't really a singular point, but it was like almost a single point in each game. And what I'm leaning towards is putting up big periods, yeah, like goal wise. Like you get you get periods that have like three, Crazy four goals, goals yeah. in a period. But I think I think this to me proves the the one thing a lot of people thought about Carolina. And it's that they they're a good team, they know what they're doing. They've been here before, but it also like you know now looking at what's happened in the past couple of days, is this really the team that's going to win the cup though? Like like they're a very good gritty team. They're mm-hmm. going to play you hard and every single night. They're hurt, but they're they're going. Yeah, they the my favorite thing about the Carolina Hurricanes is they play just like their coach did. Like Rod Brendamore, if you could make him into a team, it yeah. would be the Carolina Hurricanes, Carolina Hurricanes, which is yeah. funny because he coaches the Carolina Hurricanes. They play just like him as a as a team as a four line unit, and it, it's they are literally every single night that they're they play like this. And he if you pay attention to how he, you know, puts out lines, he's literally rolling them ninety percent of the time. And he's keeping guys fresh too. Yeah. It's like the fourth line will be out there against on, the first line against sometimes. anybody. And he just trusts them. Goaltending wise, you know, with Anderson, Ranta and uh Kochetkov. Yeah, Kochetkov. I think they could put anybody in and have a good chance of winning. Obviously the injuries might catch up to you, but the people that have stepped in, you know, like Mackenzie McEachern has stepped in that uh, that Drury kid on the back. Drury's been like those those guys have stepped in and they they do amazing. They like they haven't missed a beat. Now those guys are NHLers, they have NHL games under their belt. McEachern has a cup. You know, just things oh, like that's that. That's right, he was on that St. Louis yeah. team when they won. So it's like, you know, just things like that have has has helped, but like I said, the turning point, big period. So, for example, game one, Carolina, two goals in the first, two goals in the third. You know, like not a like two goals ain't that big of a period. Put those together, four plus one in the in the second, five one win. Uh, game two, Carolina, four goals in the second period that wins you the game almost eighty percent of the time. I'd say. Game three, New Jersey almost had three goals in every period. They had three goals in the first, three goals in the third, two in the second. Uh, game four, Carolina, five goals in the second period. And then in game five, it was a closer game. It was only a 3-2 game in overtime, but Carolina had two of those goals in the second period. Mm-hmm. Also to mention, New Jersey pulled their goalie in almost every single game. Yeah. Like, not pulled their goalie, but like, Flipped. Yeah, they, 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 you they know. pulled the goalie, put it in a different one. Yeah. That, you're probably not going to win the, the you're game. You're not going to win that way. Now, looking at the New Jersey side of things, we've already talked about Carolina. Looking at New Jersey, none of us expected New Jersey to make this big of a jump. We expected a jump, not this big of a jump. We expected them to put up a fight in the first round and then maybe get defeated by... Uh, New York, yeah. which is what a lot of people thought was yeah. going to happen. Everyone thought beginning of this year, maybe... A bubble team, and they and then they blew just past that. They were easily in the playoffs, you know, months before, like not mathematically, but but like you you, know. you knew they were going to yeah. be a, a kind of higher seed. Yeah, to to beat the New York Rangers, a team of veterans who have a lot of cups on that team and just a lot of playoff experience. To beat them, a plus, good job, lesson learned, moving I think. on. Carolina, I guess, thing was a totally different beast because New York Rangers, 
I think the worst thing that they did at the deadline was the best thing they did at the deadline was adding so many pieces. I never thought they put it together mm-hmm. to the point where they stuck together and made a team. Now, if that was the team at the beginning of the year, a whole different, different story. story. Whole different I think story. they think they shook it up too much, just like I think Boston did a little bit. I think they shook it up a little bit too much, even though like Tyler Bertuzzi and some Fantastic of the pickup. yeah they they did amazing. I guess it shook up the rest of the team to where they kind of lost what they had. And I think New Jersey, even though most of us thought they weren't going to make it that far, they proved us wrong. They beat a veteran team in the Rangers. They took Carolina to a game five, basically. You know, I, mean, I, I will say if, if you're the Devils, I still are a Devils fan. I would say you still look at this as a success because this gets a lot of the, the guys their first playoffs experience, yeah. you know, a real, you know, uh, change of pace from playoff hockey to regular season because there is a massive difference. Long story short, next year I'd be looking at goaltending. Yeah, I mean, I if I'm the Devils, the first thing I'm looking for is, do I have a really good goalie in the farm system? And if I don't, how can I get one? First thing I'm looking at is the Winnipeg Jets. And is Connor, Connor Hellebuck available? I think he will be available because, because he wants to win a cup. Yeah. He said it himself. He's like, if the Jets can win a cup, then I'll stay a Jet. If they can't, then I'm not going to mm. be a Jet. I mean, that's basically how he laid it out. MVP, New Jersey. Who you got? If I had to actually pick an MVP, I got to go with Jack Hughes. He was noticeable every single game. Mm-hmm. He really turned it on, and, you know, good on him for proving a lot of people that were originally like, oh, this guy's a bust. This kid isn't going to do anything. And Very prominent in the playoffs. Fantastic player regular season. I think, I think it's Jack Hughes. I'm going to go with kind of a – I mean, they kind of got blown out every single game, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to really pick, like, an offensive person. Because you didn't score. It's also hard to pick a defensive person. Because you got scored Because you got scored on a shit ton. And I'm not picking a goalie because... Oh, jeez. It was a freaking <laughs> that, carousel. That was a, um, that was a circus in of itself. I got two people. Uh, the first person is not the person I'm picking, but I like to mention him. Dawson Mercer. Dawson Mercer. I thought I had a really good series. Yeah. Uh, he was very noticeable in minor key areas i think that's somebody i'd like to keep around on the team the person the person i'm actually going to pick though is eric Halla. really once again i'm not a person that put up a lot but the whole team didn't do that mm-hmm. but very noticeable and he's kind of i know people don't really pay attention to this kind of stuff unless you're like a big name but he kind of reminds me of patrice bergeron and like uh no i see that bar he's a very good two-way player never gets realized but you know you know what's hilarious speaking of which uh, Halla in the past three Stanley Cup playoffs, beaten by Carolina yep. every single. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Well, that's who my MVP. I'm a little surprised Dougie Hamilton wasn't really thrown around because he was like my second. Yeah, but it's like we got scored on. Yeah, you know what was, I mean. He was still a good defenseman. Yeah. No, I mean when he he's make when a he's, lot when, of mistakes. Yeah, when he's out there, you know, stuff happens. I mean, I think honestly, I, I wish Carolina still had him. Because mm-hmm. having him and Slavin and then Burns, you It'd know, just being ridiculous. it's like just ridiculous. Yeah. So MVP for Carolina, who do you got? You see, here's the thing. I didn't actually watch a lot of this series. Unless uh, this was blowout after blowout. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, realistically, the thing is with Carolina is you could pick almost anyone on the top two lines and that'd mm-hmm. be a fine pick. Um, 
I'll just go with Aho because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean the kid kid's been electric ever since he's like you know really come up in Carolina, and like what the past like four years, mm. he's been absolutely on top of it every single playoff series. I don't think I've seen one where he wasn't impactful. So I got it with a Sebastian Aho. I have to give a shout out to Frederick Anderson. Freddie Anderson was good too. For whatever reason, Freddie there just was not having a playoff success in Toronto. Last time he's been to the third round was with the fucking Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> and that was a long time ago. <laughs> and it's like, you know, he, he he I felt like he was scared to play playoff games. I'm not lying. I felt like he was scared to play playoff games. Oh, I'd be scared. He to play finally playoff. gets in to the first round series, helps him out, you know, wins a couple big games, gets in this series, basically lets up one goal a game on every single one He's, except he for was feeling himself. Game three and game uh, five there. Uh, he'd be my MVP, but I also kind of liked what Seth Jarvis did. He's the ugliest motherfucker on that team, but he's noticeable every single game. Win or lose. Defensively, offensively, yeah. he is there. He has an A-plus scoring chance, 100% guarantee every game. Yeah. Does he score? That's 50-50. But he's but got the chance. Will he, have a, will he for sure have an empty net or a breakaway or a two-on-one or a three-on-one or some, some fucking crazy? Yeah, every single game he has it. Never gets enough credit. Probably because he's only a rookie or a sophomore. Yeah, and well, it's like, like second, yeah, third it's year like, maybe if you want to count. I just think if he was in a, for example, if he was in like Toronto, a bigger market, I think he'd get a lot more praise. Being from Carolina, uh-huh. or not being from Carolina, being on Carolina, I think kind of takes away from that. But that's who my uh, round MVP was. Uh-huh. So we're halfway through. Do you ever want Fanville merchandise, Drew? All the time. All the time. Well, I know how to get it to you. You go to the Redbubble website or the app. You type in Fanville Podcast in the search bar to find whatever you need. And if you can't do that, of course, we can't forget about the coasters. There's also a link in our social media platforms. So we have all kinds of stuff on there. Hats, shirts, hoodies, stuff for your freaking dog or cat if you're a weird person that dresses up their animals. Like you? I don't do that. Hmm. I don't do that. Maybe a bandana here or there. Okay. They're respectable. They're respectable. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we have stickers, magnets, all kinds of stuff. Fanville. We have some other stuff on there just kind of regarding us. But uh, yeah, if you want anything like that, go check it out. Jumping into the Western Conference now. The number one Vegas Golden Knights versus the number two Edmonton Oilers. This was a back and forth series uh, after... Our last episode, it was tied 1-1. So game one went to Vegas 6-4. Game two, 5-1 Edmonton. Then it went back to Vegas 5-1. Then it went back to Edmonton 4-1. And before, yeah, we, and before, yeah, before we get into the last games, literally, literally back and forth. One yeah. for one, tick for tack, blowout for blowout. For whatever reason. Game five, Vegas 4-3. Close one that should have been an Edmonton win. Should no. Been. no, 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 it would have been Vegas if we're going with the back and forth. Game six should have been an Edmonton win. Vegas came and just slammed the door on them five to two for a four two series win. Turning point in this series was the first freaking five minutes of every game. It felt like because blowout that much central, right? Then yeah, blowout central. Whoever scored first, it's not. 
like this isn't true. Whoever scored first won the game, but whoever had the better first, first period, period won, won the game, game every single time. And then it seemed like the other team just kind of literally gave up. I got to say, I think this takes the cake for me for one of the most disappointing playoff series of this playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was expecting a lot of really close games, a lot of grit, which don't get me wrong. There was a, a lot of fights, quote unquote, depending on how you want to look at that. Yeah. Petrangelo uh, fucking chopping down dry side on. That's a hole. And then the Darnell Nurse fucking destroying Nicholas Hag in the. And then uh, Evander Kane with the uh, F around and find out. Yeah, can't forget about that. And then the Evander Kane hit on Petrangelo hella late. Yeah. I, <laughs> just stupid stuff. It's just like this This series I expected so much more out of. And I think that's what it was. My expectations were too high. So to piggyback your comment on the... What was it? You said it was the most I think disappointing series. Okay, most disappointing series, okay, series. Disappointing series play? Yes. Most interesting in between whistles absolutely. i gotta give it credit absolutely that's the only reason i watched yeah it's because yeah like these games like i said whoever had the better like first 10 minutes it felt like just won the game no matter what and, and it was it was not like super fun to watch until the whistle blew yeah like th- this should have had overtimes it should have had it should have way closer one goal game. games it, sh- it really yeah. should have been like the last two games yeah. like the entire way through yeah. it was just like I said, whoever won, whoever won, literally won. won. Yeah, and so, whoever lost, lost. Yeah, and I thought this series was over when Lauren Brassois went down and they threw an Aiden Hill. I was like, oh shit, it's over. Oh, it's, Aiden Hill props to Hill. She, she just shut it down. Because you know what? I'm gonna be real. Aiden Hill is my MVP for Vegas. Really? Yeah. I mean, think about this. Right, you came been on in the big. bench. You come in after an injury of Brassois. And you get it done. Yeah. And you, you... Literally, he was like the fourth goalie. Cause like, and what's crazy to me is they never played Jonathan Quick. It's a little surprising, I'm not going to lie. But I kind of understand with Quick's style and mm. today's game, it doesn't really mesh super well. Like, he's still a fantastic goalie. But given, you know, the speed and the style of play of today's mm. game, it's just... It's not a good style. Yeah. The same thing with like Hamburg. But you're sitting there with someone with two cups on the bench. Just like what uh, Toronto did with Matt Murray. They had, uh, they had a two-time cup winner just sitting on the bench. Now, would he have probably gotten hurt? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's just you have experience there. Good around to have, you know, around the locker room. I'm pretty sure, you know, they leaned on him a lot for some of the, you know, games that they were losing in or, losing in, or maybe elimination games and stuff like that. But... Yeah, Vegas. Uh, MVP for me. I'm gonna go Chandler Stevenson. No, that's fair. That's very. Fair. I like him. I like. I like how he plays. He brings it every single time. Mark Stone kind of was not around, but he has a back problem, mm-hmm. so that's kind of. We we kind of knew. Yeah, that. Jack Eichel. I thought had a pretty good series, but it wasn't. It wasn't a Jack Eichel series. Yeah, I, th- I kind of expected more from him, so I'm not going to really pick him. Chandler's, Chandler's, Chandler, Chandler Stevenson. Kind of the same reason why I'm picking Eric Holla for New Jersey. Two-way to f- two-way guy. Any team would love to have him on the and team. he was big yeah. the entire series. Mm-hmm. He, he made sure you knew he was there in game one through six. I mean, this, this man was lining up bombs not only in shots, mm-hmm. but in hits. Yeah. He Crazy. was all over the place. Edmonton. Edmonton. 
See, here's the thing. Was, I feel like it was only one person. If you if you asked me at the very beginning who who would it be, I would have told you without a doubt in my mind, Leon Dreisidel. Mm. Because in the first four games, that dude was a monster. But then the last two, he was not existing. No, no. So but I mean that's a sixty percent. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't have that when it comes to playoffs. You mm. gotta be there like eighty five percent or better. Connor McDavid was nowhere to be found. Like they were They shut down McDavid. They did a yeah, fantastic I th- job. I think that's the problem. I think that's why Drysaddle plays so bad good in mm-hmm. playoffs because everyone's more worried about McDavid. I think if he was the main person, he would have. We'd be having the same story with like the Rangers and like Patrick Kane mm-hmm. and Panera. Like, oh, they didn't do anything. It's like that's the other team's main point of focus. Mm-hmm. So, if I had to actually pick somebody, I actually have to go with Bouchard. I'm gonna go with Bouchard too because he was a great defenseman. He did not have a lot of issues. Like most of the goals, he wasn't on for. No, he had one fucking flub up and one. Oh, there was he one fucked up big but, time. Like. You but know, one compared to the rest of the blowout yeah. games, but he's not one of the people you're thinking. Oh, Evan Bouchard's gonna have a good game tonight. You know, you're thinking Stuart Skinner who got pulled. Yeah, you're thinking Connor McDavid who had 150 points. You're thinking Drysdale. Yeah, you know those are the guys you're you're thinking are gonna make it. What's next for Edmonton? No clue. They're on the cap. They. I think do you, they, do you I think honestly they think they scratch some guys and start again. Or? I honestly think they have a good team. I just think the problem was they ran into Vegas, and that was it. I think they ran into somebody else. I just don't think that matchup worked for them. Works for them. Just like I didn't think. Now looking back on it, Florida and Toronto. No, uh, Colorado, Seattle, and Seattle. The way Seattle plays just did not work for Colorado. Yeah. Same way with Dallas and Minnesota. Minnesota was cruising and going into the playoffs. And then Dallas, Dallas is like high. Just, For whatever reason, Dallas and Minnesota just have never had good games, mm-hmm. like in my opinion, like against each other. Dallas just always has the other hand, upper hand. Speaking of, the number two Dallas Stars versus the wild card one Seattle Kraken. When we guys... This was the series of the second round. Yeah, it was the only one that was close. <laughs> like like this was the series. If you weren't watching this series, what were you doing? But where we left you off, it was one to one in the series. Seattle then took game three, seven to two, shell shock Dallas. Game four, Dallas reversed the script. Not reverse sweat, but they, they came reverse the script and won six to three. In game five, Dallas won again five to two. So now Dallas is up three to two in the series. Seattle on the brink of elimination comes back with a big six three win, and then Game Seven was a defense clinic oh, for dude, both teams. Dude. It was game ridiculous. Game Seven was an absolute game. Yeah. So the turning point that I would like to mention for this series, uh, you know, a lot of close games. But they are also high scoring. So like some of these games where it was seven to two, six to three, five to two, six to three, even though that they were close or not close score wise, it felt like the play on the ice was very close. Mm-hmm. Uh this series had the best two team matchup, I think, of the second round. Uh the turning point though would be Dallas's ability to bounce back after a loss. 
So if we go back and look at the series, game one, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Game two, Dallas bounced back. Game three, Seattle. Game four, Dallas yeah. bounces back. They actually double bounce back because they win four and five. And then Seattle again wins, and Dallas once again bounced back. See, I just think Dallas had the upper hand on them. I, I think, think I gotta it went... disagree with you on the turning point. Because oh, okay. I think for me, the turning point is game six. Game six? Because, because, all right, look, look at it this way. Dallas were already kind of the favorites based on, like, you know, just performance. Because what Seattle got in at what place? Wild card one. Wild card, right? Dallas was already kind of the favorites going into this because Dallas is a very good yeah, team. It's Colorado was out. And people weren't really certain how Seattle was going to be able to like handle that and mm. keep on top of things. And I think for Seattle to have to force the game seven is the biggest part of the series because Dallas could have easily had they like you yeah, know won three in a row. They could have won three in a row and then that's it. They move on. Big whoop. That's kind of what people expected, but I think Seattle pushing for that game seven and getting it, it, it was like changed everything. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with Seattle that. didn't win. No, but I mean, I think th- I think this well, turning like, point doesn't have to be for the winning team. Yeah, I think I think Seattle really proved, hey, we're here. They were one goal away from making it to the third round. Yeah, basically, like they're like, hey, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, which I think I think that's huge, especially for the market, especially for the NHL. I think I think this was probably the best series you could have asked for. What's next for Seattle? I say nothing. Sure. Just stay with what you got. You've been mm. giving. You've been given gifts by the by the rest of the league. You got gifted Bjorkovsky, basically. You got yeah. gifted Bjorkstrand, literally. Bjorkstrand, Bursky. Those are those are two. You had to you got gifted with- Shane Wright. <laughs> Who, by the way, did yeah. not play. No, he didn't play, but you know, in the mm-hmm. future, he'll be, he'll be there. Either. You know, I guess think for them, you're still a new franchise. They're obviously taking a different approach than what Vegas. Uh, I think it's a better did. approach. Yeah, than it's Vegas. a better approach for the long run. Uh, I, I think what they need to do is keep what they've been doing, build the farm system, bring up young talent, find undrafted players, and then just work for the future. I. Most people would probably say it was a miracle they were in the playoffs this year. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, way. yeah, I don't agree with that because they, they basically their spot. It, you know, they kind of dominate all year. Them. Yeah. Hey. So for them, I just kind of say stick with the path. You have a lot of young guys, you on, a lot the, of good young guys. on the team already. I think, uh, goaltending wise, I think you know, Grubauer is going to be solid in playoffs. It's yeah. a regular season where you yeah. can be a little shaky. Martin time. Jones, I'm not really sure. I'm not sold on Jones yet. Yeah, I've never been sold on Jones. Even when he was going to the finals and third rounds with San Jose, I still didn't like yeah. how he played. But anyway, MVP for the Kraken. And this is the worst part about it because the Kraken had so many like good players show up for them. But if I had to pick one, it'd probably be, and I'm going to butcher this last name. I think it's Cartier. The, Is that the new guy? Yeah, the new, the yeah. young kid who came yeah. in, made a direct impact, and really, and I mean really, kind of pushed Seattle to win some of the games they won. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Grubauer. I think he kind of, st- even though this was a high-scoring series, I think, I think he does cover up a lot of problems that Seattle does have. Uh, but like I said, I wouldn't change any of those because you're still a growing franchise, and I think you can still get, you can still get it done. the job done. Obviously, you're one game away from the third round. 
MVP for Dallas, though, uh, Joe Pavelski. No other, no questions. No other player. Nope. Really it's, came close. Like so, one one thing I wanted to point out now, since we've covered both Edmonton and Dallas, it's strange to see. And part of the reason I love playoff hockey so much to see one player score four goals for their team, and that team still loses. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, <laughs> like, like it's one thing to see it once, like okay, but to see it twice in the same round, mm-hmm. that's wild. Like that. That's no, that was of. that was a weird one. Yeah, it's you know it's and back to back nights too. It's, it's why you love playoff hockey because you get these crazy little things that happen that just like do not make sense. Mm-hmm. No, like I said, it was watching Joe do it one night and then literally the next night. Drysaddle. Having Drysaddle do it. It was like, what? Like, how many times have you seen that? How many times has that happened in general against back-to-back nights and then both teams to lose? Never. You know what I mean? All right. But you know what probably could have helped them? But what, it's... maybe score a fifth or sixth goal? Yeah. yeah. Or the, other part, or the other team. <laughs> <laughs> or the other, the other teammates, I should say. Yeah. Well, I mean, having butt ends would definitely help you. Uh, you know, find the grip you want. Mm-hmm. Go to www.buttends.com. That's with a Z, not an S. Find the grip you want. Add to your cart. Hit checkout. Apply discount code FANVILLEPODCAST. All one word, all lowercase. Secure your checkout. Boom. You're done. It's shipped to you. And once you get it, make sure to DM us a picture of you using the product. We want to see it. You know who's using buttons? The Western Conference Final. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably doing it. Who knows? <laughs> what but anyway, in the Western Conference Final, we have the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Dallas Stars. As of right now, it is a one nothing series lead for Vegas. The next game will be played tonight. As so you guys, going. yeah, you guys will know. You will know uh, before us. Yeah. You'll, you'll know a couple things before us. But game one went to Vegas in overtime, and it was Brett Howden in a 4-3 winner. Not really much, too much to say about this series. It was just a one. One goal. Yeah, a one. Kind of game. It's, it's only been one game. Uh, what I've noticed so far was a lot of back and score for, uh, scoring. That might not, you know, last the whole entire series. If it did, though, it'd make a really. It'd make a really good one. Yeah, a really good series. But everyone's eyes, and we all know this, is on the Eastern Conference Final right now. Because well, the last two nights it has been. <laughs> it's been, it's been because they've played wild. seven games already, and <laughs> it but, feels I mean, like practically. Yeah. So the in the Eastern Conference, it is the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Wild Card Two Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers lead this series two to zero. Both overtime winners, both by Matthew Kachuk, both on the road. Crazy. Game one, Florida. Three to two, four OT, damn near five. It was 12 or 13 seconds away from the end of the period, and Kachuk scored on a little like spinorama thing in front of the net. I'm going to say this right now. If it wasn't the fourth overtime, Anderson saves that. Probably. But this was the longest conference finals game in NHL history. It was also like the sixth longest in NHL history or something like that. I've heard I've heard eighth, but I don't It may be eighth, who knows? But anyway, it is the longest conference final game. Mm-hmm. Uh so far. Game two was last night. It was a one one game. 
Uh, big news. Couple goals taken back. It's yeah. Big news in this one was Bobrovsky, who played the four overtimes plus the three regulation, played in game two, but technically a day later. <laughs> technically. And then Brendan Moore and the Carolina Hurricanes decided to flip because of Anderson's history uh, with injuries, and they decided to go with Antti Ranta. Honestly, props to Ranta. Stood on his head. And only, yeah. only allowing one goal, you know, mm-hmm. is pretty good until obviously the OT winner. I mean, this series has probably been one of the closer series I've seen in a while, like by play on the ice. If games three, if any more games in the series go to overtime, I think this might be the best series in the playoffs so far. Of this year, period. Yeah. Just, I don't know, like the, the first round is always the most exciting for whatever reason. Because there's so many variables. It's so yeah. unpredictable. Round two is always a humongous disappointment for whatever reason. Yep. Game or Round three is always like these teams are serious. They both have won eight games already. And it just seems like either team could win. You never really know. Normally there's like not someone who gets the best of somebody, but... It happens, you know, every once in a while. But normally these go a little bit longer. And then the finals are just kind of up in the air because those teams really don't play each other that much mm-hmm. throughout the year until the finals. So a little note that I'd like to pull up here is uh, two of the four teams remaining have never won a cup. And the Canadian Cup drought is now 30 years old since Edmonton is out. Also, you know who's been in charge of the league for 30 years? Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman's first year, he handed it off to the Montreal Canadiens. Never He's seen his Never eyes. has seen a Canadian team since. Mm-hmm. So, the teams that have won a cup are, of course, Dallas in 99 and Carolina in 06. And then the teams never to win are Vegas and Florida. Florida's been, and they lost. And Vegas has also been. And lost. And lost. So, everyone has been. Everyone's been. Everyone's there. been there. Not everyone. Not everyone's lost. got it done. And obviously, the teams. I mean, the only person that's won a cup or those cups that we mentioned that are on the team still is Rod Brendamore, the coach. Yeah, everyone so else is. Everyone else would be new. Else, you know. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is really good for the NHL. I mean, plus also the other thing. I think it's good it. for the NHL because of the markets that are in it. Now, obviously, they'd probably rather have an original six, but having Vegas, a bigger market, having Dallas, a southern market, uh, well, they're all southern, actually, now that mm-hmm. I look at it. Yeah, but like, this is an all southern But market. the area that they're in, Dallas, uh, Texas, is you know big into football, baseball, throwing a hockey team. Basketball, even. Yeah. Uh, in there that does good. I mean, they went to the finals a couple of years ago. They've always kind of had tough, deeper runs in general. Uh, Florida, really south. Uh, honestly, I don't think Florida needs any more cups because Tampa Bay has been getting like the state of Florida. Not I'm the not going to be Canada. mad if Florida wins, though. No, 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 I wouldn't either. But, you know, they've they've been around. Carolina also technically, I guess. I uh, think Carolina southern... is the most, most northern, actually. Yeah. This is North Carolina, yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. Interesting to see these four teams. Uh, if you just told me these names without the hockey background, I'd be like, oh, that's an interesting group of four. Because technically, Florida would be Miami mm-hmm. or Sunrise, if you want to yeah. be look technical. 
But uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, if you want to talk about it to us, you can uh, join our Discord. Fanville's trying to make the biggest hockey group chat ever, and we need your help uh, to join. You have to find the link on our social media platform. So anything from Instagram to Facebook, you can find it and join it through there. There's a app you can use, or you can download it on your computer and go from a web browser. If you're already part of the conversation, invite your friends. Invite your friends. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty good transition. I'm not gonna lie. That was a great transition. Tran- great transition. I'm impressed. Uh, someone who didn't have a great transition from the off season to about a week ago was the Vancouver Canucks. They got fined 50k <laughs> for holding on ice sessions with players after the season. Come on, guys. You know better. That's like just written. That's written. Everyone knows that. Oh, I guess if it was worth the 50k, it was worth the 50k. But I doubt it is. I worth doubt the 50K. it. It's just a practice. Uh, here's some big news. Big big news. Arizona, the state, or the council, has voted no to the Tempe 2.1 billion dollar ring plans for the Coyotes. Uh, the team. It was already going to happen, but they just reannounced it. But the team will play in a Mullet Arena again uh, this upcoming season for 23-24. ASU uh, Coyotes run it back. Yep. They did so good last year. And <laughs> the Salt Lake City, Utah, seems to be in the lead for relocation if the NHL wants to go down that path. And more big news for the Arizona Coyotes, Logan Cooley, one of their top prospects, he's decided to fuck off with the organization and go back to Minnesota in the NCAA. Probably the best. Yeah, are we going to see another uh, Eric Lindros thing where you just don't Funny, Funny tweet I saw uh, was Logan Cooley going back to the NCAA doesn't really matter because he'll be playing college anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's true. I was like, that was actually kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona, Arizona. Uh, so it I, seems I, like Arizona doesn't want Arizona Coyotes to be in Arizona anymore, mainly I'd, probably because of their past history of oh, not paying, paying a bill. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of teams and cities and buildings and stuff like that have talked to NHL. Uh, for the NHL to... Now be open to relocation, I think, is a huge step forward, maybe backwards. I don't know. It because depends on how you want to look at that. Yeah, so losing Arizona, I don't think would affect the NHL market too much because I think anywhere else they go would actually improve mm-hmm. the market. Um, but have a team relocate twice. They were originally in Winnipeg. And then they went to Arizona, and now they're going somewhere else. I would prefer Technically, Salt Lake, they've already—they've actually already moved because they were in Phoenix. Then they went to Scottsdale. Then they went to, to uh, ASU Glendale, and oh, now yeah. they're at ASU. So they've kind of bounced around the whole entire state already. Looking forward. You know, Gary Bettman really wants this team in Arizona for whatever reason. Who knows? Just put it in a town that that wants that it. would support it. Okay, I, I know Gary Gary Bettman fucking hates Canadian markets for whatever reason. But if Quebec City is gonna support like, a team and they're gonna pay money, money's money if it's coming from mm. Arizona or Quebec City. My only issue with Quebec City is then you got to realign 
the conference. Division. Division of the mm-hmm. conferences. Mm-hmm. And if you well, want to push. you know how push, easy that is? Who, who do you push? Detroit? Columbus over to us. Columbus. That's easy. Mm-hmm. They're already in Midwest, too. I don't know. I That's just, the easy part. I just find it a little weird, but I mean, it could be what it be. Uh, what I would hope for is Salt Lake. Salt Lake City would be kind of cool. A team in Utah. The only other team in Utah is the Jazz. Yeah. Um, Which Kansas surprise, City. Surprise, Gary Bettman. Yeah, he knows that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston's kind of popped up. I wouldn't mind Houston. I just don't think. I, I feel like it'd be weird to have two hockey teams in Dallas. I think it's kind or of weird. Dallas, da- like I understand growing the game, you have to go to areas that don't have look hockey. You know, really? <laughs> you know what I mean, like sand and yeah. like hot and stuff like that. Humid, but like I know, like like Mississippi's popped up, like or like uh, Louisiana, yeah, New Orleans. It's like they're, the, but like I understand they love like the Saints, like the NFL. Mm-hmm team you know it's like and stuff like that but it's like you already have two teams in florida you have one team in dallas you have well arizona you have colorado in that area you have you've got the, all the, the california lower, teams yeah, you have all the california teams you have you know just teams in that area the national predators kind of just slap a team in new mexico why not is, yeah the new mexico well they <laughs> anyway the i don't know i i think Obviously, if you want fans, money, jersey sales, stuff like that, the more north you go, the better it's going to be. Okay, now, like obviously, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana aren't going to get teams just because of the population of people mm-hmm. and how spread out they are. Which is why I think Salt Lake is still the best yeah, option. Salt, like, Salt, like Houston makes the most sense, city-wise, mm-hmm. like because they have the biggest number, and they're a growing population. Like, the city's getting bigger in general and stuff like that. But, like, someone threw out, like, why not have two teams in Toronto? Because they can... They can literally do that. Yeah, they can literally do that. Not a bad idea. Not a horrible idea. No, not a bad idea. I personally don't like it because I, I've i grown up only knowing the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it'd be really weird to go, oh, who are they playing? Toronto. Well, which one? The, tr- the Toronto Coyotes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the ASU Toronto Coyotes. At that point, you might as well be the, the Toronto Yetis or something like that. Yeah. But you never know. Uh, another thing that's popped up on social media is Austin Matthews' contract is up next or at the end of this next season. He has one year left. Does he re-sign with Toronto? Toronto or does he move on? <laughs> or does he possibly go to Arizona to save it? Because putting a name there might Besides change things. Keller, might change things. Well, think about it. Austin Matthews and Clayton Keller are not on the same no, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I mean, Clayton Keller is by far the Coyotes' best player. Oh yeah, him and Schmoltz are yeah, yeah, and Vermelka. That's about it. Yeah. But putting a big name there, I mean, Gary Bettman, I mean, he might want to go there anyway. But mm-hmm. Gary Bettman might be like, "Hey, could you?" Because let's be honest, there's backdoor deals always in every every sport, everything, every league. It happens. Yeah, and jobs. You know, it's just you know, it's a it's a business. So. uh Skipping ahead, kind of sticking with the Matthews situation, uh, Dubas will not return to the Leafs, along with Jason Spezza, who was the assistant to the GM only for this year. But more importantly, Kyle Dubas. Uh, Is Toronto collapsing? No. Is So Dubas is out. He was offered a contract, apparently, at the beginning of the year. He said he didn't want to deal with it because you know he wanted to pay more attention to... The team. The right last now. season. Yeah. Uh, he 
didn't resign. The team wanted him to resign after the trade deadline because they, lo- they liked what he did. Uh, apparently Shanahan over the last couple years has de- has declined a lot of trades that he's wanted to do, which makes sense mm-hmm. because that's what his job is. Yeah. Um, it gets kind of seemed like it didn't seem really fit eye to eye, and it kind of seems like off of Shanahan's last uh, press conference was when Dubas had his last press conference was kind of the final straw of being like, yeah, we're not going to see this through because he kind of had a feeling of Dubas didn't want to be the general manager of the team anymore. He was, like, quitting on the team. Mm-hmm. So Dubas left. Now, will Dubas get a job somewhere else? 100% most likely. Does because, he want a job somewhere else? Yeah, I don't that, think so. Well, I think he was just saying that he only would want to be in Toronto just to maybe as, like, a negotiation tactic. The good faith. But you're telling me if the Pittsburgh job, which is available. Yeah. You're telling me if Pittsburgh was like, yeah, we'll give you a seven million to be our GM, you're, you're gonna be like, no. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows? But man. you know who gave Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares those big boy deals? Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas. And does that hurt right now? Absolutely. <laughs> what if the guy, the GM that they bring in, Matthews, isn't a fan of? And Matthews dips. Yeah. What if he's gone to Arizona? Anyway, things to think else. about. Things to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia, they have hired Keith Jones as hockey, as president of Hockey Ops, and Daniel Briere has been uh, promoted to the new GM. I'm gonna miss Keith Jones on the panels, man. It's kind of weird to see him on TV still because, <laughs> you know, he has a new, a new job. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of weird that, like TNT and uh, ABC know in. that he's not, you know, not gonna be there next year, but he's still doing playoff games. He is a good announcer or a. Color guy, uh, in between the benches, he also does. He also used to, or he still does the Philadelphia Flyers mm-hmm. stuff. Obviously, he will be moving on from that, I would assume. But uh, I mean, he's a good hockey mind. I mean, anything he says, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I understand. It makes I, sense. I get that. Yeah, I get uh, that. Daniel Briere, former player, uh, taking We're over. We're seeing a lot of that now, where a lot of former players are taking up more of the GM roles. Mm-hmm. This next guy we're talking about feels like an, uh, a former player because we haven't seen him in forever. Uh, Colorado, Gabriel Laniscog. He missed all of this year due to a knee surgery. Guess what? He'll miss all of next year due to the exact same, not the exact same, but same knee problem wasn't fixed. So they got to go back in and do something else. So he'll be out for this year too. I uh, really hope we have not seen the last of Gabe Landeskog. Interesting comment made by Mark Mathot. Mark Mathot had the exact same injury and he could really never skate at NHL speed again so not a positive vibe no no positive positive vibes no positive vibes I really hope this isn't the last for Landeskog I hope he's able to come back at least for another season and sure maybe he's not as impactful as a player he used to be or you know it's a tricky situation Mm -hmm. coming back from he's a captain too He's your captain. I I want him to succeed. I want him to come back. I want him to play because I always liked watching him play. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, though, the Blues were interested in him. Mm-hmm. Like we were actually like really like going at him. So I'm kind of glad now that I know that he has these knee problems. We didn't do that. Uh, also on the Gabriel Landeskog thing, everyone's like, "Oh, that's a ton of cap space now." Well, guess what? Y'all had that cap space this year too because he's been on LTIR. So your teams will look damn near the same. Yeah. So. It just depends on on what you're going to do with it. Uh, you know, some teams, you know, win back-to-back, like Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, you know, Islanders, won four in a row. Some teams just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, some teams just win one. 
Yeah. And then they and then they just completely fall apart. Perfect example: Washington Capitals. Yeah. They won one, and then it's been downhill for since. Which the is Blues won one, and they're on the downhill right now. The not everyone is a dynasty like L.A. and Chicago, and you know how that situation goes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, obviously they have the talent, and they have the people on the team to get it done. You just gotta stay away from injuries like this one. Landeskog is kind of a piece that you can't fill. Yeah, like he's kind of like be Patrice able to fill him with one guy. Yeah, he's kind of like the Patrice Bergeron. Once Bergeron leaves, Boston will look totally different. Absolutely, because especially if him and Krejci leave this year, Boston will look totally different. Another team that's going to look totally different is the Chicago Blackhawks, because they won the 2023 draft lottery, moving up three spots. Anaheim dropping one to second. Columbus dropping one, I guess, to third. San Jose stayed neutral at four. Montreal stayed neutral. We're not going to go through all the top 11 or 10 or whatever. But basically, um, it was just that uh, Chicago moved up, what, two spots? Yeah, and everyone else. And everyone else stayed the exact did, same. did absolutely nothing. Nothing changed. Uh, interesting comments or interesting theories going everywhere of Anaheim, you know, just never getting a, a good pick in the draft. Columbus, horrible draft luck, or draft lottery luck, actually. not dra- like They actually draft pretty good. Columbus cannot catch a break. Yeah, them and Detroit. Them and De- yeah, you're just right. Just get shit on every year. Like, there's nothing... There's, there's I'd rather just make the playoffs. do about it, but, like, gosh. But, yeah, it seems like the balls never fall in their order, and it's just kind of weird how that works now so, chicago only original six team really in contention obviously montreal was floating around detroit was floating around but they were kind of a little too far down to really like make that jump like realistically mm-hmm. that it was either going to be chicago anaheim columbus maybe san jose maybe and that's a slim to none chance um i just i just gotta say like excuse me uh like 90% of the hockey world, when they found out, was either saying it was rigged or were saying expletives. Yeah, or both. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't really ideal for us, mm-hmm. being from St. Louis. Uh, Chicago has always had Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Corey Crawford and Duncan Seabrook and Duncan... Er, Duncan Seabrook, Duncan yes. Seabrook. Duncan, Duncan Keith, Keith, Brent, Brent Seabrook. Seabrook. Uh, let me Patrick see. Sharp is another one, I think. Yeah, of. Yarmelson. Uh, yeah, I guess a whole fucking team, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll, for them I'll to give get the Blackhawks a little bit of credit for them trying to do their absolute best to wipe the slate clean as mm. much as they could. Yeah, they got rid of Kirby Doc, the Brinkett, technically Kane later. Mm-hmm. Taves, Taves is basically is done. Yeah, basically done. You know, they got rid of Brent. They got rid of like Seabrook retired. Duncan Keith. Well, they got rid of their management for a different reason. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they kind of did as best as that team could have done to wipe the slate clean and try and start again. Mm-hmm. This is probably the best thing you could ask for mm-hmm. in that case scenario. Do I think they deserve it? No. No. But I don't it think they deserve it at all. But I will say Chicago has done a good job of trying to do their best to like Get back into it, and like this happened, it's fucked up. I think, but we're gonna try and move past it. I think for next year, if Bedard does play in the NHL next year, which he probably will, I think we're pretty safe 
on them not making playoffs. I'm going to say that now because Peter Morazic's their goalie. Now, if they change goalies, different story. Now, now I would think about this like, okay, if Connor Bernard's there, you imagine that's going to take some traction. Some kids like, yeah, I want to play Connor Bernard. This kid's yeah. going to be crazy. Well, it's going to be just like Vegas. Yeah. Chicago, big city. A lot of shit to do when you're Super not loyal playing. fans. I'm not even talking about the fan base. I'm just talking about physically being a player in that city. You're in a big town, one of the biggest uh, U.S. markets. You're in original six. The logo and jerseys are phenomenal. The As much as I hate to say it, that's yeah, right. But it's like one of the best jerseys, home jerseys, I'll say, in the league. And it's yeah. like but one of the best logos, one of the most noticeable logos. They kind of remind me of the Yankees. So, yeah. for example, like if you don't know nothing about baseball, but you see someone walk by with like a Yankees or a Dodgers hat, you're like, you know, that's the Yankees and then Dodgers. Same thing. I would with, say I'd say the same thing with the Cardinals too. Yeah, but we're here. So. Yeah, but what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is like the Cardinals for MLB is yeah. One if you of go like, somewhere else, yeah, that's just because like, we're good or we have the history of being. Yeah, good. but like for example, like NFL, everyone knows the New Jersey or the the New, New England Patriots because of. All the winning that they did, yeah, it was Brady, and then Chicago is like that for the hockey hockey world. They yeah. just everyone it's just a, a well known logo, one, one. yeah. So I on Discord I told you guys I was going to rant about the Chicago situation. So I did take notes. I took three full pages of notes. This is my first time hearing this too, so yeah, sit with it with you. So, this is my rant on the Chicago Blackhawks. I guaranteed you guys. Okay. Bear with me. I got to adjust my mic. <clears throat> oh, he <laughs> he turned the hat backwards and right. everything. Oh, it's going to be good. Now, not all of it is Blackhawks, but you'll understand once I start talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And bear with me, my handwriting sucks and I probably misspelled half these words wrong. Okay. 2012, okay, jumping back. All right, the New Jersey Devils, okay, they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a 17-year, $102 million deal to stay in New Jersey. The length of this deal broke NHL records, obviously. Wait, 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 17 mil for one year? No, 17 years. 17 years. He signed a 17-year contract, okay? Now, what this did was is it changed the whole entire CBA – so where you can only sign people at most seven years unless you're an RFA. Then you can sign eight. Okay? So that changed the whole entire NHL. Now, what did that do? That pissed off the NHL, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, and what happened because you pissed off the NHL? The New Jersey was fined their first round pick the next year. Mm-hmm. So they got their pick stolen. Okay? So they got absolutely waxed for it. Sure, but you got to keep him. But he never stayed. He left. Okay, but anyway. The 2019-2020 offseason, the Arizona Coyotes were up to no good, and they got caught violating the NHL's combine testing policies during the 1920 combine. Remember that? 1920? Yeah, 2019, 2020. Okay, sorry, the way you said that. No, yeah, the 1920s. Anyway. They pissed off the NHL again. Well, not again, but this pissed off the NHL again. And Arizona was fined their 2020 second round pick and their 2021 first round pick. Okay? Crazy. Okay? You had a bad thing happen, 
And the NHL was like, nope, and you're going to get fined for it. Okay, now jumping to the Blackhawks. For 10 fucking years, Mm -hmm. the Blackhawks got caught covering up a sexual misconduct and abuse charge. Okay? They had special treatment because they're original six. That's page one. All right. (laughs) They got fined only $2 million, which is basically a slap on the wrist because... The the organi- the organization that run that owns the Hawks is owned by the Works Corporation, who's worth four billion dollars. I done my research, Joe. Okay, oh, okay. So I just want to point this out for people mm-hmm. who are listening right now. He literally took the first page and just dropped it on the ground. <laughs> uh, the league makes more money when the original six teams are good because of the markets that they're in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like Detroit just fucking sucks right now. But it's Detroit. but they're on the up. Swing, you know they have Steve Eiserman. You know they're Steve Wagoon Squad. Yeah, they're going. All right, Batman can't afford to have their money makers not make be money. kind of covered by like a black cloud over it. Okay, so for example, he's already dealing with shit with Arizona. He can't have <laughs> he can't have, he can't have his other shit going on. Okay, so basically what he did was no more rebuild. Like you're going to be good because you need to make money. Okay, mm-hmm. so. They get Connor Bedard in the draft, right? They less than twelve hours after they haven't even drafted this kid yet. They could still somehow not draft him. Yeah, but anyway, Hawks sell a ton of new season tickets in the past twelve hours after the draft lottery, and that added up to one point nine million dollars in season tickets. Uh, in, like I said, the first 12 hours. So okay, let's backtrack, okay? In 12 hours, they got 1.9 million in season tickets. How much did they get fined for the sexual conduct thing? $2 million. They've already made the money back. Uh, Chicago is one of the biggest U.S. cities, like, people-wise. And then not to mention the whole entire ESPN broadcast was a fucking disaster when Kevin Weeks was like, oh, and since Columbus fell down to number three, when did they ever show that on TV? You know what I mean? They, they, they never showed that on TV. Okay. <clears throat> now we're jumping... Now we're jumping off of Chicago. That was my Chicago rant. Now we're going to other teams in the league, okay? Same thing happened in Pittsburgh that existed in Chicago. Pittsburgh was on the verge of bankruptcy and relocation, and they were gifted Sidney Crosby. Gifted. You know? And you know who got fucked over in the Sidney Crosby draft? The Anaheim Ducks. Ducks. Could you imagine Sidney Crosby in a Ducks jersey? Imagine Sidney Crosby and Connor Bedard on the same team. Both, like, Team Canada. Okay, so you... All right, so this is... Now, this is my argument, okay? That was all just facts that I was spitting out about... You know, context. Things that actually happen. Okay, now this is all me, basically. Okay? So you want to build the game. Like, improve the game. You want more people to watch. You want more people going to the game. You want more people knowing what hockey is, knowing what the rules are, traveling from city to city, having a favorite team, buying jerseys, stuff like that. How about you put a superstar in a small market to build the hockey interest and grow hockey in that town? Like Columbus. Mm Mm-hmm. Columbus has an amazing fan base. They're so like they show up to every game. Why not? They suck. Yeah. Why not give them a fucking 
Give him a player. player. <laughs> Give him somebody who will okay. play the game. And then, yes, as we already mentioned, Anaheim drafted second overall in both the Crosby draft and the Bedard, and the Bedard draft. Now, obviously, things can change because you can trade picks and stuff like that. That's my Connor Bedard, Chicago, NHL, whatever you want to call it, rant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all factual. You can look any of it up besides the last part because that was my own opinion. Opinion. But, uh, yeah, I wrote that down on three different pieces of loose-leaf paper. Uh, and he dropped every single yeah. one of them on the ground. But anyway, if you want to talk more about the kind of Bedard shit, uh, <laughs> I will be on the Discord. <laughs> we will be on yeah. the Discord. So, any closing thoughts before we wrap this puppy up? Um, tied in a little bow. All right, we're gonna wrap it all in here. Uh, one. Oh shit, we didn't get we didn't do predictions. Oh. Well, anyway, say your final thought, and then in your final thought, give us predictions on the two series. My final thoughts, uh, these playoffs have been some of the most enjoyable playoffs of the recent years, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And uh, I think I think for Eastern Conference, Florida's going to win in, like, game six. Okay. And I think Western, we're going to see Vegas. Okay. I think we're going to see Vegas, and I think, I think we're going to get a brand new, first time ever, Stanley Cup winner. Mm. Is how I think this is gonna go. Now, who wins the Stanley Cup? I don't know. I can't tell you, but I think it'll either be Vegas or Florida. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick a team, yeah. For my closing thought, I'm gonna go with the Eastern Conference. I'm gonna say Florida in probably six. Uh, Western Conference. I'm gonna go Dallas in seven. I think it's gonna be a long series. I think Dallas bounces back tonight to make it one-one. Uh, if not, Dallas plays amazing at home anyway. So, honestly, I think all three Does games... Dallas have home ice advantages? I no, they don't. But I think they'll win all the home games. I think yeah. Vegas can easily drop one of the home games as well. It could, it could possibly be tonight. It almost was game one. But other than that, that should do it. And on behalf of Drew Dolke and myself, we hope you guys enjoyed episode 60 or... Ooh, Not 70 tricky number that I know. one is. I told I said at the very beginning of the 70s I said I hate the 70s because there is weird to say mm-hmm. once we get four episodes down we're at 80 we'll be good again question yes and you might not know this is there a player who ever wore 76 probably like a, like I think a every prevalent number, one or oh no? no clue I well not off the top of my head I think every number every number has been worn obviously but yeah, I'm like, I just can't imagine a 76 on a team. You know what I think about? What? what happens in like 200 years when every number may be retired? Like, you know, like... like the, what do you do then? Do you go to hundreds? Yeah. You go to, like, for example, like the Blues have 44 retired because retire of Pronger. Okay, what happens if 100 or 200 years go by and half the... Half the numbers. Half the numbers are gone. Are we allowed to re up, or are we gonna have like forty four A? Or are we gonna? A. Yeah, like, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, how are we gonna add? It's, it's like taking a test. And it's like yeah, there's only so many numbers. A. Anyway, totally off topic. Hope you guys enjoyed episode seventy six. <laughs> we guys, um, we're so off topic right now. Anyway, <laughs> we guys hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. You can follow the show on Instagram at Fanville Podcast. 
If you'd like to rep the Ville, go to shopfanville.myspreadshop.com or hit the link in our Instagram bio. 